Welcome to the ghost gig. Are you sitting comfortably? Then let's begin. And getting ready. He was literally chanting tits and teeth. Tits and teeth. For 30 seconds. I was like, I'm literally sitting here listening to you chanting tits and teeth. It wasn't for 30 seconds. It was like 20 at worst. Your exact words were, let's go get the episode done so we can drink more wine and watch silly things on telly. Yeah. And yet you're sitting here chanting tits and teeth for 30 seconds. And at no point were you complaining at any of that. Apart from when I said, Vince, shall we actually do the episode? And then I pressed record and then you explained the last few minutes. Yeah. So, so yeah, are you happy now? Very. Good. So hi, everyone. Hello. Sorry we're late. Uh, someone keeps going to music festivals, so we can't actually do any episodes. I have a life. Oh. No, I, mean, no, I don't anymore, actually. I have no more festivals this year. There's no. nothing. Well, I'm very sorry. You're not exciting for this summer, really. Stuck with me forever now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, sorry. Again, it's going to be a bit sporadic because of work and, yeah, having Vince having been to every festival under the sun. No, just... Just a few. So, um, yeah, it's still very hot in the UK. I'm dressed as Bart Simpson today in a red T-shirt and blue shorts. And Doesn't Vince's... Bart wear orange? Orange, red. I mean, you know. Well, it's quite a, it's quite a, quite a deep orange. Yeah. I think I was considered his T-shirt to be orange. I suppose. I mean, I think you could get away with red. They call Lisa's dress uh, red, even though that's always looked orange. But they've referred to it yeah, as red. Yeah, I always thought that was weird. But I was wondering if that's because it was like a really dodgy... Especially the old episodes, like a really crappy print from like a, yeah. you know, a tape they, they shipped over from the US on a boat or something. Who knows? Anyway, we're not uh, we're not reviewing The Simpsons, although we are reviewing. We could review this because there's Treehouse of Horror. That would be so awesome. <laughs> but future one, future one. <laughs> the film we are reviewing is yes. indeed an animation. It is. It is our first animated yep. feature film to review, and I'm really excited for this one. Yeah. So what are we reviewing? We are, or we are going to review. We have reviewed. We are going to review going to. Coraline. And I mean, I'm biased. I love this film. I've always loved it when I very first saw it. So, but. So, really, what's going to happen now for the next 20 minutes is you just telling us in the myriad ways gushing. in which you love it. Yeah. Well, you know, no, I'll try and think about it, you know, logically and all that sort of stuff. Um, okay, fair enough. Well, all right. In the interest of transparency, then, my degree is in animation. Ah. You I, knew this. Yes, I know, but I hadn't. And this, this came out that. while I was at uni. Okay. In a very strong year for animation, to be fair, because it, I mean, all right, it goes up against like Kung Fu Panda. It also <laughs> goes up against things like, oh, I don't know, the Fantastic Mr. Fox, which is also stop motion. So uh, it went up against, it also went up against Up. Oh, well. Which is a very different film yeah. to Up, of course. None of those films, however, are things we could consider no. to be even vaguely horror. So before we start our, our opinions and reviews, I'll just give a quick overview. So um, yeah. it's a story of, of a young girl who moves into a new house with her parents. Um, her parents don't pay her that much attention. They're very, very busy, busy with work. And um, she's kind of left to her own devices. Um, she discovers a secret door in her new home and discovers an idealized vision of her own frustrating world. Um, so she's obviously lured into this kind of, you know, magical sort of parallel universe where everything's centered around her and everything is well magical you know yeah, her parents yeah. are amazing she gets the best food the best entertainment um uh, but then of course as it's a horror and i would count this as a horror not everything is as it seems absolutely it's originally based on the book by neil, neil gaiman. gaiman ah well Yes, and I'll go into detail with that. A bit Absolutely, later. I know, I know. I'm not, I don't think I'm saying a spoiler there, but like no. the film isn't is an adaptation of the book. Yeah, the film is the Americanized version of it. Therefore, yeah, that's yeah. fine. 
It's all right. We can forgive them because there's people in it like uh, Dawn French and Jennifer Saunders who, you know, we can we can forgive. Oh, got I, some I, British I, legends I don't in think there. it's I don't think it's problematic at all. It well, makes it makes it. I'm being funny. I'm being sarcastic. I know. I know. I'm trying. I, I, I'm trying. It's okay. It's all right. No, I, I that doesn't bother me. Um, I I haven't read the book. I no, haven't read the book. I. Neither have I. Um, yeah, I don't know too much about it. I, I imagine it comes across quite differently okay. in the literature. Well, I'll go. I mean, I'll say obviously, I'm not a. I'm not done any studying in animation or whatever. But for me, um, I love the. I love this film. I always have done. I look, firstly, it's the, the soundtrack is yep. beautiful. I love the soundtrack, and I think I read somewhere that a lot of the songs are in another language, but it's actually just a kind of made-up language. It's not it an is, actual. Yes. Yeah. It's not an actual sort of. You think it's it French or it's like, something? It's like, well, sort of a simlish. It yeah. sounds like it's it something you just don't happen to know, but yeah. actually know it. It's not. But really. it, it kind of adds that childlike kind of fantasy element of of this kind of strange language that yeah. you know sounds familiar but isn't familiar. It's about the sonic sentiment rather than it is yeah. about the meanings yeah. of the words. The character of Coraline, she's really adventurous, she's really feisty. It's a really good role model for younger, you know, it's a kids film. Is it? Because I mean, yeah. I, I don't know, it's, I, it's, it's a fun role model, but actually none of the characters are that nice. She's not a nice girl. She's not nice, she's, but a bit she's of a brave. Shit. She's brave. Yeah. That's what I mean, she's yeah, brave. Yeah. And when she needs well, to be a it, hero, she is a hero. Yeah, yeah, it's, 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 it's being brave isn't isn't not doing isn't being afraid. It's is yeah. yeah. I'm paraphrasing awfully. Like there's a, there's a bit in the film where they say being brave is just doing the thing you need to do anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, it looks beautiful. The colours are does. stunning. Like the whole. I say a bit later on in my song. Like the whole film is a bit like a Van Gogh painting. The bits of it anyway. There not are definitely all of it. parts of it where they make very yeah blatant references. Yeah, and that's fine. Like yeah. it's there. It's there to be enjoyed. Um, and as for the horror element, considering it's a kids' film, there are some bits in it that are really quite freaky. I think the theming is more. The horror, I think. There's no scary imagery in it. The scary, as you said, the imagery is beautiful. I well, I'd say that the bit at the it's, end with the other mother is pretty freaky. It's freaky for what it sort of suggests, I think. Mm. Like, obviously, there's no gore or anything like that, but I mean... No. It's... The, the whole thing... Okay, to, to, to rewind a bit, if it's it's the same uh, director, Henry Selleck, as Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah. Or the, oh, of course, yes. You, of you've ones. got the Tim Burton-esque thing going on there. Which... Well, only only because that's that happens to be Henry Selleck's yeah. style. It's not actually a Tim Burton film. No, but... I know it's not, but I I love Tim Burton and it's got some influence, hasn't it? It definitely has. I would Isn't say. It, it's dark. Yeah. Um, I suppose, in, in a way, but it, it's, of... I think it's more association because we, we first saw Nightmare Before Christmas, of course, when we were younger. Yeah, yeah. And then you see Corpse Bride and it, it is the same yeah. director who I mean, it's got that gothic, pointy feel to it that yep. those films have. It does, but it's, it is subtly different. It's actually the first release by a studio called Leica, mm. who um, subsequently made a, load, a string of other stop motion, 3D stop motion films, which are all beautiful. None of them are horrors, mm. but they're all beautiful and elaborate. But they... Henry Selleck doesn't stay with them. He goes off elsewhere after Coraline to go right. and do his own things. So they're not to do with him. But again, the, the studio's other work, like Kobo and the Two Strings is from a few years ago. It's stunning. Mm. So um, worth really watching. Really beautiful. Them. Yes, but yeah. not as a horror film, um, obviously. Going back to soundtrack, I've got to mention, of course, a lot of the songs are written by the band They Might Be Giants and sung by yep. the lead singer, who, again, is a favourite of ours. We love They Might Be Giants. I've seen them a couple of times live. Mm-hmm. Um, great fun. Lot, very, very funny lyrics. Very, you know, imaginative out there lyrics as well, if you want to listen to them. It was the well album. chosen because it's tonally, it does kind of fit with yeah. the slightly off kilter yeah. feel of the film, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, I, I just love it. The one, and I said this to you when we were, the one, like, niggle I have, and this is really stupid, but 
there's there's a bit where Coraline is in the par- the parallel world. She's been giving all this amazing food. And she doesn't bloody eat it. She kind of pokes at it <laughs> and then they take it off her. I'm always every time I see it, I'm like, eat the chicken. The chicken looks amazing. Eat the chicken. It does look amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And then this cake with with her name on it and candles, and then she doesn't even get any. Always drives me mad every That's single fair. time. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, I think when this film came out, I'm pretty sure I saw it in 3D. And yeah, so I'm did not I. usually like that fussed about 3D, but I think there's a scene where she goes into the garden in the parallel universe and her dad's kind of whipping her up all dad. these, her other dad is kind of whipping up all these flowers and sort of fountains and colours. And it's the kind of Van Gogh effect. Um, and it, it with the 3D effect, it was absolutely incredible. Yeah, this was definitely it's incredible. In the, the first throws of that big push where they had in yeah. 3D at the end of the 2010s. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I remember Beowulf was the first thing I saw that had the same kind of presentation style, which was... Avatar. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's the year afterwards, and you're yeah. quite right. It's all the same kind of thing. They were desperately trying to push this. Yeah. I don't think they, they way overused it for Coraline. I think from what I can remember, and obviously we watched it in 2D because we're, you know, normal people. <laughs> um, I don't also don't want a headache whenever I watch a film. Crazy, I know. Uh, I remember like the, the initial scene where there's a needle that comes out of the screen yes. through the title and it waves itself at yeah. the audience. There's no warning. You're like pierced yeah. in the and, and that's one of the few times that obviously they, they use the, the the extremes of the depth in the 3D from what I can remember. Yeah. And when you use the extremes of the, the real D system, it starts to break apart. Mm-hmm. So they must have realised this because it had you know, been in use for a couple of years. Yeah. So they realize, wait, if we don't go to like, you know, if we don't go dial all the way up to 10, we go to like 6 or 7, it always looks good. Yeah. And they did quite a good job of just boom, needle comes right, right yeah. towards you, you jump and then it comes back and it wobbles around. And yeah. There was an over-reliance on the 3D, though it was shot with 3D in mind with stereoscopic cameras. They actually right. did it fully yeah. in 3D and then like downgraded it to 2D afterwards. Whereas other things, like you could watch, uh, you could actually at the time watch um, Nightmare Before Christmas mm-hmm. redone in stereoscopic wow. 3D, but that had been shot in 2D. So um, everyone else who doesn't know what Vince is on about, neither do I. Um, we're all going to have to Google stereo. Okay, so Scott. so they no, no, filmed no. they filmed it in three D. It's fine. Right. They filmed it for three D. Oh, right, I see. Okay, that's, that's okay. what I was getting. If you hadn't cut me off, I thought you were being all nerdy. No, <laughs> being helpful and insightful. Oh, first time for everything. I know. <laughs> um. So yeah, obviously it's it's a beautiful looking film. Um. There's loads of random, really really odd little details as well. Like so in the real world. They've got these really bizarre neighbours. There's just two old, like old actresses, and there's a kind of old kind of um, circus master who lives upstairs, and the actresses live downstairs. But in the alternative world, the station masters, uh, sorry, station master, the, the train strikes have been on all the week in the UK, and I've still got my mind on the trains. Excuse me. It's okay. You got home eventually. I did get home eventually. The circus master has got a magical mouse circus where they dance yeah. and, and sort of beat drums. And that whole set piece is amazing. It's there's, incredible. There's like Fifty mice on the screen. You think? Yeah. They had to like painstakingly move the arms yeah. of every single one of those mice all in time. Yeah, um, for the twelve frames a second. And, and the two, geez. the two older actresses, voice, uh, uh, voiced by um, French and Saunders. Yeah, are um, sort of have got their own theatre stage sets, and they yep. do this incredible kind of acrobatic show. And they like seem like retired cabaret or vaudeville yeah, actors. Yeah. Really, I mean, it's almost into. Uh, hinted that they might have been like adult film stars. You think no, a little not, bit, not yeah. quite. There's, but... there's bits you don't you don't realise as a teenager. Yeah. You see later well, as, as a adult. Child, yeah. Um, yeah, it was um, it um, it was just really there's some bit, but I like that as we're saying some bits of it was so weird and bizarre and out there because when you think about it, they, the neighbours didn't really have much to do with the actual plot of um, no, no, the, the evil kind of other mother who was basically 
I mean, I'm, I'm spoiler alert. The evil mother is basically taking children into her lair to sort of murder them and sew buttons over their eyes. That's the horror. With the exception element. of the buttons, it's pretty standard yeah. um, witch activities yeah. in children's fairy tales, really, uh, isn't it? So you don't really need, you know, the actual neighbour bit isn't really needed. But I just love it. It's so bizarre. Um, I, think, I guess it's really just her because it, it was used initially because she moves house to that area, yeah, and has lived in a completely different part of the world, and. It's just trying to underline her isolation in that new location, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Because it's completely outside of what she's used to. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know what in the book she's moving to or from. No, in, I don't. In this one, it's suggested they're in like the Pacific. I Northwest. don't know how true this film is to the book, so I'm not going to start um, comparing the two. No, I'm no, not, no, I'm not, I'm, no, I'm going to be honest. I've not read it. Um, so yeah, I don't know if there's anything you want. Yeah, any thoughts you had to say? Because obviously, I said I, 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 I love, I love this film. But I'm thinking a bit like we did with um, Van Helsing. It's quite nostalgic for me to watch it. So oh, it I was absolutely not, was as well. I might not necessarily pick up on the negatives. It absolutely was. I mean, it it, it looks beautiful, as we have already said, and we'll probably say a few more times. Mm. It looks beautiful. The whole thing is quite smooth. It's shot on twelve, so each. Uh, they, they had to move everything 12 times a second, not 24. Nightmare Before Christmas is more smooth and fluid because they shot it. Being nerdy again. One photo for each frame of the film. This is a bit more jagged, but you don't really see it. Mm. And I think in this case, it probably helps it feel a little bit less real. Yeah. Probably, it helps you disconnect a little bit. Like It always foregrounds the fact that you're watching puppets. Yeah. In, in a helpful way, which probably stops children feeling too scared. It also felt a bit timeless. I remember we were like, when yep. is this set? Until eventually yeah. her real mum pulls out a mobile phone. But we're at like, the very, oh, very right. end. Yeah. yeah or, you know, this, oh, right. No, it is modern like day. like a modern beetle, but realistically, like, oh, there's computers at you one mean, point. He means a car, by the way, not like a really cool yeah, beetle yeah, yeah. with sunglasses on. Well, there are on. beetles in it as well. They form furniture, don't they? They do, yeah, they do. Um, but yeah, it could have been set in anything in the 20th century. Really. Yeah. It would have worked. I don't know when the book is set either, so who knows. I also read but, that um, Coraline's supposed to be 13. We were wondering how old she was. That sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah, I think that sounds about right. She's quite a young 13 in a way, isn't she? Because she's not kind of... Her dialogue is way older. <laughs> yeah, but she's not kind of, you know, a lot of 13-year-olds are already looking at makeup and fashion and boys. I mean, she's not like that at all. She's very much a bit of a tomboy. Oh, I yeah, think. yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I, I've, I've always said I'm, I'm biased. Um, where did we watch the film? It was on. Oh, you, it was on your hard drive, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. But I think it's on Amazon, Netflix. If you've not seen it, absolutely give it's it a watch. It's worth rummaging for. It's just. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it's a kids' film, so it's not super scary, but it's definitely got really creepy bits in it. I would definitely say, you know, there's some freaky moments in it. I say it is creepy. Like the story is creepy. I yeah. would say, like it grabs you, it grabs you on the inside of you where it's dark. Yeah. It, it's not that you know um, the setting is particularly that terrifying yeah uh, there's no monsters that make you jump and that's fine but the the sort of the theming is mm. is the scary part especially when if you think it's just originally a, a children's book like yeah someone taking away your parents or trying to replace your parents is quite scary yeah. as a child and there's the a themes are terrifying there's this kind of clear message of be careful what you wish for you know there is the there is you know be grateful for what you have that kind of thing which of course again is for children to be you know, for a life lesson, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. But also just learning to adapt because, you know, the whole, yeah. when you move house as a child, it's terrifying and yeah. this is what happens to her and she overcomes it. Yeah. But they, they make some vague references to fairy tales um, and I think there's a bit in the book which I remember seeing a quote for, like, uh, the point of a fairy tale isn't to um, make you scared of dragons, it's to teach you that dragons can be defeated. Yes. Or, you know, thought, yeah, 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 that makes sense to yeah. something. Um, so, yeah. There's just, there's, there's a lot of, 
dream logic going on in the whole thing. That's just which what I, I think, love. I, I think mean. children are much less critical of. I think as adults, we're more likely to be critical of that. Yeah. And find, say, plot holes there. Whereas kids, that's that's just, you know, standard practice yeah. for them almost. I, I, I don't know if this sounds really weird, but watching a film like this, which is pretty much dream logic, my brain just feels so comfortable floating along watching this kind of thing. It yeah. just feels completely yeah. at home. And the, but that's, that's just me. And I think a lot of kids, maybe I'm too childish, but a lot of kids will feel that way because there's, there's no, you know, it's not anything difficult to get your head around. You don't really have, you, you know, you're not even having to concentrate really hard, but it's no, just, no. it just flows and goes in. It does. And it's creepy and it's funny and it's beautiful and I love it. Yeah, that's fair. If if you if you watched the film version of James and the Giant Peach, same director. Yeah, yeah, it's, um, it's similar to that. It has a yeah. similar kind of tone in yeah. its story, not in its visuals yeah. per se. Oh, I love that film too. Yeah, that's it's just that's a bit too far from a horror for us to get no, away absolutely, with. But but I think we should watch that. That again, rhino is pretty scary. Oh, it's terrifying. <laughs> I remember seeing but, that. Sorry, going off kilter here, but James and Giant Peach. I was very young when that came out. I was bloody terrified of that rhino. That, that is terrifying. Yeah, but Roald Dahl knows how to scare kids. He didn't like kids. He didn't like no, kids. He didn't like adults very much at all. <laughs> um, cool. So, unless um, you have anything to add, um, I'll probably think of something. Okay. Well, should we have a have oh, a? There's, there's a lot of random tidbits you come across if you go onto Lika's website. They, yeah, they, they, they say strange things like just to make you marvel in the process, right? Yeah. Right. You remember the little gloves that she's wearing? Yes. Obviously, she's actually a puppet. So yes. they had to make, they had to knit those tiny, gloves. Tiny, tiny gloves. It took them six weeks and they had to knit it out of threads of silk. Oh, wow. They had to make knitting needles to oh, make the tiny gloves. That's so and these gloves must be about three millimeters across or something yeah. in, the, in real life because the models of all the characters are, yeah. you know, they're, no, they're I mean, small. It's, it's insanely puppets. clever. Like the, the amount of sheer craft in it is mind boggling. Yeah. And you, you really can just sit there and revel in it. Mm soak it all in yeah um but the story it, it lets you do that and then it starts gently just went introducing you to the story and building things up and like you you forget to sort mm. of look for those posts because this is also done by like 3d printing yeah they 3d print all the faces that's why you can't see the seams or anything on the faces they don't use no fingerprints yeah well, i think you give it away 3d a bit. printed thousands of heads if you could see seams and strings i think it might have ruined the effect slightly <laughs> um not necessarily i've seen horror hor- horrific films that are animated with clay, okay, uh, and like some because sometimes that human touch, the fingerprints, can really unsettle you because it's not mm. like real life. Anyway, that can be terrifying. It can. Anyway, that 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 is very cool to know. Um, shall we move on to our songs? We probably should because okay. I also would like to, to hear what you've got to, okay. to tell wanna, us later do on. Do you want to do yours first? Um, yeah. All right yeah. then. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Stopping on motion, stomping on the needles Don't follow buttons, you don't need to A big beautiful film about nasty little people Lightness in scarier moments pulls you deeper Not too big on the greeting card sentiments You should have listened to Keith David Dinging the eyes and poisoning the mind through the buttons you aspired Don't you trust what you are seeing? Are you sure you haven't met Neil Gaiman? Call me a sickness, call me a homewrecker You've got a boring life, 
direction to be yeah. honest and as much as anything else so I, that's where i went with it cool i didn't overthink that side of it no i love it and there's so i feel like this film there's so much you don't really know where to start with this film because there's so much inspiration no. part of me part of me wanted to sort of recreate some of the feel of the music and i thought yeah. no i firstly i don't think i could do it very well um i also if i then started trying to find clips of the film to like rewatch, i'd just mm. rewatch the film well <laughs> lost the yeah. afternoon very happily Speaking uh, of uh, trying to recreate some of the music, do you want to play yeah? mine? Is that what you did? Have a go. Okay, okay, okay. Prepare yourselves, everyone. Venture through the little door. Take your time to explore Give yourself up to dreams Dreaming We travel from a grey day after Christmas Straight to a carnival in June It's created all for you Don't be shy She'll indulge your wish list, tailor the world to you, all under a Van Gogh spinning sky. 
Or maybe you're too old for fairyland. Well, you keep telling yourself that. You'll fall in love with this beautiful curse. No matter what she has planned, and even if she does hate the talking cats, she's still the best mum in the universe. Venture through the little door. Take your time to explore. Give yourself up to dreams. But the beauty dries and turns ugly, and the world around you crumbles, while the children sing their grief in the night. Well, things aren't what they seem, and the nightmare is really just a dream. Soon you'll see things through her eyes. I mean, it was more, there's a song in uh, the Coraline called Dreaming. And um, oh, okay. it that, goes, that Dreaming, like Dreaming. So I've nicked that a little bit. No, no, um, you, you, riffed, you made reference to it. That's yeah. different. Um, and I had so much fun playing with all the kind of creepy, dreamy sounds Clearly. that we have. Is I actually had uh, an instrumental track I was really happy with. And then I couldn't find any tune that would kind of fit over it. So I was like, Fuck it, I'll speak Welcome it. to my world. I very, <laughs> I very much struggle with tunes. It's fine. So I thought, you know, the spoken word thing is a bit different for me. And absolutely, um, I was not expecting you to do a spoken word, being given that me. you're a singer. Yeah, neither me. Um, I mean, also a few days ago at, at the festival, I was at, I saw Kay Tempest. I don't know if you know who that is. But I do not. Spoken word artist. Okay. Um, with a sort of um a backing band present who sometimes do just sort of mm. atonal, sort of like a musical bed, and then the the, the the lyrical delivery on top, yeah. on top of that and different kind of flow. So but how did I fare compared to... Uh, to K Tempest? Yeah. Well, I mean... Oh I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, you're like 10 years behind, yeah. so it's it's okay. I did it's my right. best. I, I'll play you some K Tempest when we finish okay. this. And, um, I mean, it was, it what was I mean. a complete sort of fluke. I mean, I just thought I, I can't find a tune or it sounds... The tune isn't enough or it sounds out of tune or whatever. So I'll, I'll it, just speak it. I, I understand. I, I I feel that horrible panic sometimes mm. in previous songs we've done and I don't always like what I've done as a result. I think, well, yeah. I had to do something and this is what I came out with. But I really, <laughs> I really enjoyed doing this one. And literally it yeah. was, a lot of it was me sitting, just listening to all these, I basically put dream into the search engine and then like ghost and, you know, and all these mm-hmm. brilliant sounds came up. Yeah. Um, I, they, they I, together I got well to the point well. where I was like, I can't put any more in because there's so many. Mm. Um, 
that you know things like the terror choir and you know things like that <laughs> it's great um the terror choir. Yeah. no i really i really enjoyed doing this one um okay brilliant so are you ready for our story I am ready for mm-hmm. the story. I'm, I don't really know where you're going to go with this. This okay. is going to be interesting because it's probably not going to be about talking cats. No, no, sadly not. I mean, how cool would that be? Uh, it is, I mean, of course... it, would be pretty, it would be pretty cool. I mean, Keith, Dave, David yeah. would be happy. So um, it is, of course, linked to Coraline. Um, I assume so. So, And I'm, I'm going to start now. Are you ready? <gasps> yes. As some of you may know, Coraline is a dark, Fantasies children's novel by British author Neil Gaiman, published in 2002. In 2009, the film was released, but what inspired Neil Gaiman in the first place? Please tell us. Yeah. Coraline is in fact based on a dark, sinister folklore tale oh. dating back to the 1800s, although there is okay. also a Victorian version of this story, um, but I'm going to be telling the tale from the 1800s okay and this folk tale was entitled the new mother sound familiar uh, okay okay this tale was penned by author lucy clifford so we're not making any pretense to say this is a true story there's very much fiction um but i just thought it was such a great story we had to have it on the podcast and parents would tell their children this story if they were misbehaving safe to say the children tended to right their wrongs after hearing this tale are you ready yes Many years ago, there were two little girls. One of them had sparkling eyes the colour of the sea and sky, and her name was Blue Eyes. Imaginative. I know. The other girl always wore a red dress, so naturally her name was Turkey. What? <laughs> what I got you, with that was... You know what, it's, <laughs> it was something, back, something, something in the back, it wasn't TV, it's fine. I also just want to point out that she wasn't born wearing a red dress. So, well, no, also the, the blue eyes, they wouldn't know what color the eyes were when she was born. So it, It's a fairy tale. It's fine. It's I don't fine. Know. There's probably some deep reason why she's called Turkey, but who the hell knows? It doesn't matter. The girls lived with their mother and their baby brother, Arthur, in an isolated oh, so they liked Arthur. <laughs> Arthur's all right. Turkey, blue eyes, and oh, actually, we'll, give, we'll call this one Arthur. Well, they just weren't feeling very imaginative that day. Oh, who knows? They lived in an isolated cottage right in the middle of the woods. One day, the girls set out to have their daily walk in the forest. After walking a short distance, they met a little traveller girl by the side of the road. The girl was sitting, playing a small drum. As she beat down on the skin of the drum, a little mechanical man and a little mechanical woman appeared from inside it, climbed onto the top and began to dance around her hands as she played. Oh. I know. Blue Eyes and Turkey were amazed by this. They had never seen anything like it before. The drum was clearly enchanted. Yep. The girls begged the drummer girl to give them the musical instrument. Laughing, the girl spoke, telling Blue Eyes and Turkey she'd only give them the drum if they agreed to be naughty little girls. Turkey and Blue Eyes stared at the girl. Come back tomorrow, she continued, and tell me how horrible you've been to your mother. Then I will give you the drum. So, Blue Eyes and Turkey arrived home, and they tried to behave as badly as possible. They screamed and shouted, threw food at each other, drew on the wall, and refused to go to bed. They did everything they possibly think of to upset their mother. The next day, the two sisters 
hurriedly went back to the forest, and soon, in the very same place, they found the same little drummer girl. The sisters began to regale stories of the previous night, how they'd been truly vile to their mother in the hope that they'd earned the magical drum. Once they'd finished, the traveller girl threw back her head and laughed. Oh, she cried, that's nowhere near bad enough. You must behave far, far worse to earn this drum. Determined, the sisters returned home and redoubled their efforts to be bad. This time, they poured boiling tea on the floor, stamped around in thick mud and trod it all through the house, and pulled the flowers up in the garden. Lastly, they freed the family pig who lived in the garden, who ran away and was never seen again. What little shits. Mm. Oh, they really wanted that drum. (laughs) Their mother was horrified and in despair. Her daughters were normally such good little girls. In desperation, she pleaded with them to stop. And when this fell on deaf ears, she sat both girls down. If you continue this behaviour, she warned, I will go away and I will take your brother with me and you will get a new mother, one with glass eyes and a wooden tail. Now, although this did somewhat scare Blue Eyes and Turkey, they did not believe their mother. After all, no parent would just leave their child to the mercy of a sinister new mother now, would they? Well... Depends how shitty they were, I suppose. So the next day, once again, the two girls found themselves standing before the drummer girl, hoping this time they'd done enough to earn their prize. As they told all they had done the previous night, the traveller girl played the drum and the mechanical man and woman danced around her fingertips. Finally, once the sisters had finished speaking, she slowly shook her head. No, she said, you still have to behave far, far worse than that. The girls were heavy with disappointment. It was as though nothing in the world was bad enough to earn this drum. Still, ever determined, they returned home to wreak havoc. Soon, the old dining table was pushed over and broken. Then all the fine china was smashed and all their clothes were ripped to shreds. Then they beat up their poor baby brother and began to hit and slap their mother. She fell to her knees and begged them to tell her why they were behaving like this. Then she said, If you keep being so bad, I will have to go away. A new mother will come to you with a glass eye and a wooden tail, and she will live here with you forever. But the two girls were just too enchanted by the magical drum. By now, nothing else in the world mattered to them. So, the next morning, back into the forest they went, searching for the drummer girl. Soon, they found her in the same spot, and began excitedly telling her of all the terrible things they'd done. They were so wrapped up in the task that it took them a while to notice that today the girl did not have the drum with her. They looked all around, but it was nowhere to be seen. Where is your drum? asked the sisters. Have we not earned it? Oh, laughed the drummer girl. It's gone. My family and I are moving on. The two sisters were horrified. They cried and cried, begging the girl for the drum. But didn't we do everything you told us to do? They sobbed. Yes, the drummer girl smiled. And you have been very, very bad little girls. And now your mother has gone far, far away. Soon you will have a new mother 
with a glass eye and a wooden tail. Weeping, the girls ran home, praying what the drummer girl had said wasn't true. When they arrived, the cottage was empty. Maybe they've just gone for a walk, said Blue Eyes. Or to the market, said Turkey. Perhaps they weren't actually gone for good. But soon lunchtime came and went, and the girls began feeling very lonely and scared. After a while, they decided to try walking around town looking for their mother and baby brother. But after a few fruitless hours, it began to get dark, and they were forced to return home. They found it as cold and as empty as before. Suddenly, while they were sitting by the fire, they heard the sound of something heavy being dragged along outside. Then, there was a loud and terrible knocking at the door. The girls felt their hearts stand still. They knew it could not be their own mother, for she'd have turned the handle and tried to come in without any knocking at all. "'Oh, Turkey,' whispered Blue Eyes. "'If this should be the new mother, what should we do?' "'We won't let her in,' whispered Turkey. But she was afraid to speak out loud. And then again came a long, loud knocking on the door. "'She'll break the door if she knocks so hard,' cried Blue Eyes." Go and put your back to it, whispered Turkey. I'll peep out of the window and see if it is the new mother. So, in fear and trembling, Blue Eyes put her back against the door and Turkey went to the window and, pressing her face against one side of the frame, peeped out. She could just see a black satin poke bonnet with a frill around the edge and a long bony arm carrying a leather bag. From beneath the bonnet, there flashed a strange bright light and Turkey's heart sank and her cheeks turned pale for she knew this was the flashing of the two glass eyes. She crept up to Blue Eyes. It is! It is! It is! She whispered, her voice shaking with fear. It is the new mother. She has come and she has brought in her luggage in a black leather bag that is hanging on her arm. Oh, what shall we do? Wet Blue Eyes. And there again was the terrible knocking. Come and put your back against the door too, Turkey, cried Blue Eyes. I'm scared it will break. So, together they stood with their little backs against the door. There was a long pause. They thought perhaps that the new mother had made up her mind, and there was no one at home to let her in, and she would go away. But presently, the two children heard through the thin wooden door that the mother had made it move a little and then say to herself, I must break open the door with my tail. For one terrible moment, all was still. But in it, the children could almost hear her lift up her tail, and then, with a fearful blow, the little painted door was cracked and splintered. With a shriek, the children darted from the spot and fled through the cottage, out the back door, and into the forest beyond. All night long they stayed in the darkness and the cold, and all the next day, and the next, through the cold, dreary days, and through the long nights that followed. And they are still there, with only green rushes for their pillows, and only brown, dead leaves to cover them. Sometimes they wander among the trees and go beyond, to a little pool where the ferns grow thick and long, and they long and long and long to see their own dear mother just once more. 
and still the new mother stays in the little cottage. But the windows are closed and the doors are shut and no one knows what the inside looks like. Now and then, when the darkness has fallen and the night is still, hand in hand, Blue Eyes and Turkey creep up to the home which once they were so happy in, with their hearts beating, and they watch and listen. Sometimes a blinding flash comes through the window and they know it is the light from their new mother's eyes. Or sometimes they'll hear a strange muffled noise and they know it is the sound of her wooden tail as she drags herself along the floor. The end. Okay. That's good, that is it? quite Ooh, different from... good, isn't it, though? I love it. That story has evolved quite a lot from, yeah, yeah. from what we now know of it as. Yeah. That's quite interesting. I mean, the description of the mother standing outside, waiting to come in with the bonnet and, you know, the kind of sharp, long um, arms and, you know, black pointy body you know that's quite this sort of skeletal spider kind of image you definitely see that in the film absolutely and the focus on eyes is important yeah in the in the Coraline it's buttons in this is um glass yes um but I I love I think that's such a brilliant creepy little tale it's absolutely fantastic yeah very strange yeah so they were just really really eager for the rhythm they were and they didn't even get it they were a slave to the rhythm That is um that is Alice imitating Michael Michael McIntyre imitating the Queen if she were to sing that song, I think. Is that what that, that was? That's what that was. Yeah, I like honestly, there was like five levels of honestly, reference there Google, and I didn't get any Google of them. Google Michael McIntyre slave to the rhythm. Slave to the rhythm. Okay. Yeah. Um yeah, All they right. were very much a slave to the rhythm. Well, they were. Can we call this episode Slave to the Rhythm? Ah, <laughs> uh, I suppose we could. Uh, <laughs> Oh, I enjoy that. Um, <laughs> hope you've enjoyed that little creepy tale, guys. Oh, sorry, there wasn't much banter during, but I think you were just listening avidly, weren't yeah, you? Yeah, I was just trying to figure out what's going on. Mm. Well, you know, it is a fairy tale. It's not going to be. Oh, I know that. The most That's fine. like sensible, logical thing. It doesn't need to be logic. But, yeah, I just thought it was. To be a... fair, that part is re- is maintained in the story that we know. Yeah, so that's fine. Um, but it's very much a you know. Be careful what you wish for. Be grateful for what you have. That kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the idea of that, the, like their home, just having this horrific creature inside it. You know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and there's some wonderful pictures of depictions of this. You know. Oh, new you need mother, to share some honestly. of those pictures. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's obviously the one in Coraline, which is a very good, very good version. But there's some brilliant. Um, so I, I got this again off YouTube, and there was this suddenly. The, the, you know the story was being told and there was this sudden horrific picture of this um ghoul and um i was thinking oh god <laughs> you know <laughs> i think it goes back to my slight woman in black fear because it was a bit like you know black like black coat yeah. and all that skeletal sort of stuff. Yeah, and yeah. drawn and yeah um wooden tail was interesting wooden like, tail yeah uh, where does that what, you know what, in your in, in your mind's eye what kind of tail were you picturing there kind of in like, my head it was it... like a crocodile tail <laughs> well, because it's wooden and they're saying it's heavy, so it bumps on the floor. So I'm thinking almost like a tree trunk, like a, a thin okay. tree trunk okay. type thing. Um, but yeah, obviously it's it's a, it's a folklore tale, so it's open to you know any kind of mm. ideas that people have. Um, but yeah, so I hope you enjoyed that. I did. That is the I feel origins, and that is the out very origins of Coraline. <laughs> and what Neil Gaiman has done with it is like bloody marvelous. So yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that's us. I think for today, I think that might be. I think that might be. Um, <laughs> you've, you, yes, got, you, you yeah, do yeah. feel like you. You feel like I, you. I, I, I like, don't know. I've, I've spooked myself a bit with that. I feel like me still, so yeah, that's fine. Good, good. Um, luckily, you know, my, my mother is still my mother, I hope. Yeah. <laughs> you've already started to feel scared now because the light is fading. Yeah. 
<laughs> if someone knocks at the door, we don't let them in. Yeah, yeah. that's good. Someone's going to knock at the door just as we, as oh, we God, press stop no. on here. Just you hear her. Yeah. Mm. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, as usual, you can get in touch with us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Um, please send us your spooky stories. We're so keen to yeah, do Yeah, I, I think we should story. try and push to do a, yeah. a listener story again yeah. soon. And yeah, I, I did put a we poll. To... I did put a poll up today about continuing the podcast. It's not because we don't like doing it. I'm just wondering how many people are listening, basically. But we've had had some lovely messages. So thank you so so much for those who have messaged. Oh, thank you. Um, and yeah, just just you know, people are busy. I totally get that. If you it, fancy, just drop it us is a the message. Summer people have their holidays yeah, and their families hi. around. It's fine. Do, do say hi and let us know you're enjoying the show if you can, if you can. Um, if you'd like to email us, you can email us at ghostgiguk at gmail.com. That is ghostgiguk at gmail.com. That now has a little dance to it. Um, I think that's it. Yeah, I, I think I think that's where we should probably draw a line under cool. this, this tale of woe. I'm going to go drink one. Yep. <laughs> you do look a little bit petrified. <laughs> I don't know why that's freaked me out so much. Um, cool. Um, have a lovely couple of weeks, everyone. Hopefully, we'll be back in two weeks. May, maybe, may not. We'll see. We've got an oh, idea. We're going to aim to. We've, yeah, got, we've got. We've got. Our, we've got a plan we think for we know next what we're going to do. Um, Unfortunately, yeah. my work end is the really horrible part of the year when I'm busy yeah. all the time. So it's that's what's going to be holding us up. Might now. just be me but talking and pretending to talk to Vince and me going. Mm, yes, I'll what you're going to do is you're, you're going to go get a sock puppet. <laughs> On a podcast. Yeah. And just pretend to be you. Yeah, exactly. I agree, Alice. I agree with I'll, everything. I'll come back you. and I'll go, why are you talking to yeah. a sock with googly eyes on? I'll say, and you'll see, it's oh, you. I don't see any difference. I'll just, it'll just it like, might make more sense. It'll just be, oh, yes, Alice, I agree with everything you say. You are never wrong. And I love all your songs. That does sound exactly like yeah, me. Yeah, brilliant. Cool. Well, um, do tune in to Alice and the Sock Bucket next time. And uh, we'll see you soon. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>